Question 25, Part 1 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Theological Virtues, The Virtue of Charity. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Theological Virtues. The Virtue of Charity, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 25 of the Object of Charity in Twelve Articles. Part 1, Articles 1 through 6. We must now consider the object of charity, which consideration will be twofold. 1 the things we ought to love out of charity. 2. The order in which they ought to be loved. Under the first head there are twelve points of inquiry. First, whether we should love God alone out of charity, or should we love our neighbor also? Second, whether charity should be loved out of charity? Third, whether irrational creatures ought to be loved out of charity. Fourth, whether one may love oneself out of charity. Fifth, whether one's own body. Sixth, whether sinners should be loved out of charity. Seventh, whether sinners love themselves. Eighth, whether we should love our enemies out of charity. Ninth, whether we are bound to show them tokens of friendship. Tenth, whether we ought to love the angels out of charity. Eleventh, whether we ought to love the demons. Twelfth, how to enumerate the things we are bound to love out of charity. First article, whether the love of charity stops at God or extends to our neighbor. Objection 1. It would seem that the love of charity stops at God, and does not extend to our neighbor. For as we owe God love, so do we owe him fear, according to Deuteronomy 10.12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee, but that thou fear and love him? Now the fear, with which we fear man, and which is called human fear, is distinct from the fear with which we fear God, and which is either servile or filial, as is evident from what has been stated above in question 10, article 2. Therefore, also the love with which we love God is distinct from the love with which we love our neighbor. Objection to further the philosopher says in Ethics 8.8 that to be loved is to be honored. Now the honor due to God, which is known as latria, is distinct from the honor due to a creature and known as dulia. Therefore, again, the love wherewith we love God is distinct from that with which we love our neighbor. Objection 3. Further, Hope begets charity, as a gloss states on Matthew 1, 2. 
Now hope is so due to God that it is reprehensible to hope in man, according to Jeremiah 17.5. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Therefore, charity is so due to God as not to extend to our neighbor. On the contrary, it is written in 1 John 4.21, This commandment we have from God, that he who loveth God love also his brother. I answer that, as stated above, in question 17, article 6, in question 19, article 3, and in the Pars Prima Secundae, question 54, article 3, habits are not differentiated except their acts be of different species. For every act of the one species belongs to the same habit. Now since the species of an act is derived from its object, considered under its formal aspect, it follows of necessity that it is specifically the same act that tends to an aspect of the object, and that tends to the object under that aspect. Thus it is specifically the same visual act whereby we see the light, and whereby we see the color under the aspect of light. Now the aspect under which our neighbor is to be loved is God, since what we ought to love in our neighbor is that he may be in God. Hence it is clear that it is specifically the same act whereby we love God and whereby we love our neighbor. Consequently, the habit of charity extends not only to the love of God, but also to the love of our neighbor. Reply to Objection 1. We may fear our neighbor, even as we may love him, in two ways. First, on account of something that is proper to him, as when a man fears a tyrant on account of his cruelty, or loves him by reason of his own desire to get something from him. Such like human fear is distinct from the fear of God, and the same applies to love. Secondly, we fear a man or love him on account of what he has of God, as when we fear the secular power by reason of its exercising the ministry of God for the punishment of evildoers, and love it for its justice. Such like fear of man is not distinct from fear of God, as neither is such like love. Reply to Objection 2. Love regards good in general, whereas honor regards the honored person's own good, for it is given to a person in recognition of his own virtue. Hence love is not differentiated specifically on account of the various degrees of goodness in various persons, so long as it is referred to one good common to all, whereas honor is distinguished according to the good belonging to individuals. Consequently, we love all our neighbors with the same love of charity, insofar as they are referred to one good common to them all, which is God. Whereas we give various honors to various people, according to each one's own virtue, and likewise to God we give the singular honor of Latria on account of his singular virtue. 
Reply to Objection 3. It is wrong to hope in man as though he were the principal author of salvation, but not to hope in man as helping us ministerially under God. In like manner, it would be wrong if a man loved his neighbor as though he were his last end, but not if he loved him for God's sake, and this is what charity does. Second article, whether we should love charity out of charity. Objection 1. It would seem that charity need not be loved out of charity. For the things to be loved out of charity are contained in the two precepts of charity. Confer Matthew 22, 37, 39. And neither of them includes charity, since charity is neither God nor our neighbor. Therefore, charity need not be loved out of charity. Objection to further, charity is founded on the fellowship of happiness, as stated above in question 23, article 1. But charity cannot participate in happiness. Therefore, charity need not be loved out of charity. Objection 3. Further, charity is a kind of friendship, as stated above in question 23, article 1. But no man can have friendship for charity or for an accident, since such things cannot return love for love, which is essential to friendship, as stated in Ethics 8. Therefore, charity need not be loved out of charity. On the contrary, Augustine says in On the Trinity 8.8, He that loves his neighbor must, in consequence, love love itself. But we love our neighbor out of charity. Therefore, it follows that charity also is loved out of charity. I answer that charity is love. Now love, by reason of the nature of the power whose act it is, is capable of reflecting on itself. For since the object of the will is the universal good, whatever has the aspect of good can be the object of an act of the will. And since to will is itself a good, man can will himself to will. Even so the intellect, whose object is the true, understands that it understands, because this again is something true. Love, however, even by reason of its own species, is capable of reflecting on itself, because it is a spontaneous movement of the lover towards the beloved, wherefore, from the moment a man loves, he loves himself to love. Yet charity is not love simply, but has the nature of friendship, as stated above in question 23, article 1. Now by friendship, a thing is loved in two ways. First, as the friend for whom we have the friendship, and to whom we wish good things. Secondly, as the good which we wish to a friend. It is in the latter and not in the former way that charity is loved out of charity 
because charity is the good which we desire for all those whom we love out of charity. The same applies to happiness and to the other virtues. Reply to Objection 1. God and our neighbor are those with whom we are friends, but love of them includes the loving of charity, since we love both God and our neighbor, in so far as we love ourselves and our neighbor to love God, and this is to love charity. Reply to Objection 2. Charity is itself the fellowship of the spiritual life, whereby we arrive at happiness. Hence, it is loved as the good which we desire for all whom we love out of charity. Reply to Objection 3. This argument considers friendship as referred to those with whom we are friends. Third article. Whether irrational creatures also ought to be loved out of charity. Objection 1. It would seem that irrational creatures also ought to be loved out of charity. For it is chiefly by charity that we are conformed to God. Now God loves irrational creatures out of charity, for he loves all things that are, according to Wisdom 11.25. And whatever he loves, he loves by himself who is charity. Therefore, we also should love irrational creatures out of charity. Objection to. Further, charity is referred to God principally, and extends to other things as referable to God. Now just as the rational creature is referable to God, inasmuch as it bears the resemblance of image, so too are the irrational creatures, inasmuch as they bear the resemblance of a trace, confers pars prima, question 45, article 7. Therefore, charity extends also to irrational creatures. Objection 3. Further, just as the object of charity is God, so is the object of faith. Now faith extends to irrational creatures, since we believe that heaven and earth were created by God, that the fishes and birds were brought forth out of the waters, and animals that walk and plants out of the earth. Therefore, charity extends also to irrational creatures. On the contrary, the love of charity extends to none but God and our neighbor. But the word neighbor cannot be extended to irrational creatures, since they have no fellowship with man in the rational life. Therefore, charity does not extend to irrational creatures. I answer that, according to what has been stated above, in question 13, article 1, charity is a kind of friendship. Now the love of friendship is twofold. First, there is the love for the friend to whom our friendship is given. Secondly, the love for those good things which we desire for our friend. With regard to the first, no irrational creature can be loved out of charity, and for three reasons. 
two of these reasons refer in a general way to friendship which cannot have an irrational creature for its object first because friendship is towards one to whom we wish good things while properly speaking we cannot wish good things to an irrational creature because it is not competent properly speaking to possess good this being proper to the rational creature which through its free will is the master of its disposal of the good it possesses hence the philosopher says in physics two six that we do not speak of good or evil befalling such like things except metaphorically secondly because all friendship is based on some fellowship in life since nothing is so proper to friendship as to live together as the philosopher proves in ethics eight five now irrational creatures can have no fellowship in human life which is regulated by reason hence friendship with irrational creatures is impossible except metaphorically speaking the third reason is proper to charity for charity is based on the fellowship of everlasting happiness to which the irrational creature cannot attain therefore we cannot have the friendship of charity towards an irrational creature nevertheless we can love irrational creatures out of charity if we regard them as the good things that we desire for others in so far to wit as we wish for their preservation to god's honor and man's use thus too does god love them out of charity wherefore the reply to the first objection is evident reply to objection two the likeness by way of trace does not confer the capacity for everlasting life whereas the likeness of image does and so the comparison fails reply to objection three faith can extend to all that is in any way true whereas the friendship of charity extends only to such things as have a natural capacity for everlasting life wherefore the comparison fails fourth article whether a man ought to love himself out of charity objection one it would seem that a man is not bound to love himself out of charity for gregory says in a homily his homily seventeen on the gospel that there can be no charity between less than two therefore no man has charity towards himself objection to further friendship by its very nature implies mutual love and equality according to ethics eight two and seven which cannot be of one man towards himself but charity is a kind of friendship as stated above in question twenty three article one therefore a man cannot have charity towards himself objection three further anything relating to charity cannot be blameworthy since charity dealeth not perversely according to first corinthians twenty three four now a man deserves to be blamed for loving himself since it is written 
in second timothy three verses one and two in the last days shall come dangerous times men shall be lovers of themselves therefore a man cannot love himself out of charity on the contrary it is written in leviticus nineteen eighteen thou shalt love thy friend as thyself now we love our friends out of charity therefore we should love ourselves too out of charity i answer that since charity is a kind of friendship as stated above in question twenty three article one we may consider charity from two standpoints first under the general notion of friendship and in this way we must hold that properly speaking a man is not a friend to himself but something more than a friend since friendship implies union for dionysius says in on the divine names four that love is a unitive force whereas a man is one with himself which is more than being united to another hence just as unity is the principle of union so the love with which a man loves himself is the form and root of friendship for if we have friendship with others it is because we do unto them as we do unto ourselves hence we read in ethics nine four and eight that the origin of friendly relations with others lies in our relations to ourselves thus too with regard to principles we have something greater than science namely understanding secondly we may speak of charity in respect of its specific nature namely as denoting man's friendship with god in the first place and consequently with the things of god among which things is man himself who has charity hence among these other things which he loves out of charity because they pertain to god he loves also himself out of charity reply to objection one gregory speaks there of charity under the general notion of friendship and the second objection is to be taken in the same sense reply to objection three those who love themselves are to be blamed in so far as they love themselves as regards their sensitive nature which they humor this is not to love oneself truly according to one's rational nature so as to desire for oneself the good things which pertain to the perfection of reason and in this way chiefly it is through charity that a man loves himself fifth article whether a man ought to love his body out of charity objection one it would seem that a man ought not to love his body out of charity for we do not love one with whom we are unwilling to associate but those who have charity shun the society of the body according to romans seven twenty four who shall deliver me from this body of death and in philippians one twenty three having a desire to be dissolved and to be with christ therefore 
our bodies are not to be loved out of charity. Objection to, further, the friendship of charity is based on fellowship in the enjoyment of God. But the body can have no share in that enjoyment. Therefore, the body is not to be loved out of charity. Objection 3. Further, since charity is a kind of friendship, it is towards those who are capable of loving in return. But our body cannot love us out of charity. Therefore, it should not be loved out of charity. On the contrary, Augustine says in On Christian Doctrine 1, 23 and 26 that there are four things that we should love out of charity, and among them he reckons our own body. I answer that our bodies can be considered in two ways, first in respect of their nature, secondly in respect of the corruption of sin and its punishment. Now the nature of our body was created not by an evil principle, as the Manichaeans pretend, but by God. Hence we can use it for God's service, according to Romans 6.13. Present your members as instruments of justice unto God. Consequently, out of the love of charity with which we love God, we ought to love our bodies also. But we ought not to love the evil effects of sin and the corruption of punishment. We ought rather, by the desire of charity, to long for the removal of such things. Reply to Objection 1. The Apostle did not shrink from the society of his body as regards the nature of the body. In fact, in this respect, he was loth to be deprived thereof, according to Second Corinthians 5.4. We would not be unclothed, but clothed over. He did, however, wish to escape from the taint of concupiscence, which remains in the body, and from the corruption of the body which weighs down the soul, so as to hinder it from seeing God. Hence he says expressly, from the body of this death. Reply to Objection 2. Although our bodies are unable to enjoy God by knowing and loving Him, yet by the works which we do through the body, we are able to attain to the perfect knowledge of God. Hence, from the enjoyment in the soul, there overflows a certain happiness into the body, notably, the flush of health and incorruption, as Augustine states in his letter 118, to Dioscorus. Hence, since the body has, in a fashion, a share of happiness, it can be loved with the love of charity. Reply to Objection 3. Mutual love is found in the friendship which is for another, but not in that which a man has for himself, either in respect of his soul or in respect of his body. Sixth article, whether we ought to love sinners out of charity. Objection one. It would seem that we ought not to love sinners out of charity. 
for it is written in Psalm 118, verse 113, I have hated the unjust. But David had perfect charity. Therefore, sinners should be hated rather than loved, out of charity. Objection to further. Love is proved by deeds, as Gregory says in a homily for Pentecost, his homily 30 on the Gospel. But good men do no works of the unjust. On the contrary, they do such as would appear to be works of hate, according to Psalm 100, verse 8. In the morning I put to death all the wicked of the land. And God commanded in Exodus 22:18, Wizards thou shalt not suffer to live. Therefore, sinners should not be loved out of charity. Objection 3. Further, it is part of friendship that one should desire and wish good things for one's friends. Now the saints, out of charity, desire evil things for the wicked, according to Psalm 9, verse 18. May the wicked be turned into hell. Therefore, sinners should not be loved out of charity. Objection 4. Further, it is proper to friends to rejoice in and will the same things. Now charity does not make us will what sinners will, nor to rejoice in what gives them joy, but rather the contrary. Therefore, sinners should not be loved out of charity. Objection 5. Further, it is proper to friends to associate together, according to Ethics 8. But we ought not to associate with sinners, according to Second Corinthians 6.17. Go ye out from among them. Therefore, we should not love sinners out of charity. On the contrary, Augustine says in On Christian Doctrine 130 that, When it is said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, it is evident that we ought to look upon every man as our neighbor. Now sinners do not cease to be men, for sin does not destroy nature. Therefore, we ought to love sinners out of charity. I answer that two things may be considered in the sinner, his nature and his guilt. According to his nature, which he has from God, he has a capacity for happiness, on the fellowship of which charity is based, as stated above in Article 3, as well as in Question 23, Articles 1 and 5. Wherefore, we ought to love sinners, out of charity, in respect of their nature. On the other hand, their guilt is opposed to God, and is an obstacle to happiness. Wherefore, in respect of their guilt, whereby they are opposed to God, all sinners are to be hated, even one's father or mother or kindred, according to Luke 12.26. For it is our duty to hate, in the sinner, his being a sinner, and to love in him, his being a man capable of bliss. And this is to love him truly, out of charity, for God's sake. 
Reply to Objection 1. The prophet hated the unjust as such, and the object of his hate was their injustice, which was their evil. Such hatred is perfect, of which he himself says, in Psalm 138, verse 22, I have hated them with a perfect hatred. Now hatred of a person's evil is equivalent to love of his good. Hence also this perfect hatred belongs to charity. Reply to Objection 2. As the philosopher observes in Ethics 9.3, when our friends fall into sin, we ought not to deny them the amenities of friendship, so long as there is hope of their mending their ways, and we ought to help them more readily to regain virtue than to recover money had they lost it, for as much as virtue is more akin than money to friendship. When, however, they fall into very great wickedness and become incurable, we ought no longer to show them friendliness. It is for this reason that both divine and human laws command such like sinners to be put to death, because there is greater likelihood of their harming others than of their mending their ways. Nevertheless, the judge puts this into effect, not out of hatred for the sinners, but out of the love of charity, by reason of which he prefers the public good to the life of the individual. Moreover, the death inflicted by the judge profits the sinner, if he be converted, unto the expiation of his crime. And if he be not converted, it profits so as to put an end to the sin, because the sinner is thus deprived of the power to sin any more. Reply to Objection 3. Since like imprecations, which we come across in Holy Writ, may be understood in three ways. First, by way of prediction, not by way of wish, so that the sense is, may the wicked be, that is, the wicked shall be turned into hell. Secondly, by way of wish, yet so that the desire of the wisher is not referred to the man's punishment, but to the justice of the punisher, according to Psalm 57.11. The just shall rejoice when he shall see the revenge, since, according to Wisdom 1.13, not even God hath pleasure in the destruction of the wicked when he punishes them, but he rejoices in his justice according to Psalm 10.8. The Lord is just, and hath loved justice. Thirdly, so that this desire is referred to the removal of the sin, and not to the punishment itself, to the effect, namely, that the sin be destroyed, but that the man may live. Reply to Objection 4. We love sinners out of charity, not so as to will what they will, or to rejoice in what gives them joy, but so as to make them will what we will, and rejoice in what rejoices us. Hence it is written, in Jeremiah 15.19, They shall be turned to thee, and thou shalt not be turned to them. Reply to Objection 5. The weak should avoid associating with sinners on account of the danger in which they stand of being perverted by them. 
but it is commendable for the perfect, of whose perversion there is no fear, to associate with sinners that they may convert them. For thus did our Lord eat and drink with sinners, as related by Matthew 9, verses 11 to 13. Yet all should avoid the society of sinners as regards fellowship in sin. In this sense it is written, in Second Corinthians 6.17, Go out from among them and touch not the unclean thing, that is, by consenting to sin. End of question 25, part 1. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.